Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. He's a tremendous husband. He's a tremendous pastor. He's a great preacher. I've known them for over 20 years, and we're very blessed to have them this morning with us. They're tired. They've been going for three weeks, and tomorrow they'll get on a plane for 24 to 28 hours. It'll take that long to get back to Kenya. It's a long ways away. But they have sacrificed to be here, and uh, we're going to get a word from him. He's actually changing his message from this first service, so it's going to be good. Amen? Not that the first one wasn't good, but whenever that happens, I know as a preacher, that means that the Lord showed him something that somebody in this, in this place needs to hear. Amen? So let's get our notebooks and Bibles open, and let's let Pastor Wright and Safari from Nairobi, Kenya, know one more time how much we love him. Appreciate him and honor him this morning. Asante mchungaji. Mungu akubariki. Asante. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can have your seats in the presence of Jesus. Amen. I'm a very honored man this morning again to share the gospel, to preach for a couple of minutes just ahead of us. And as we go home, I want to request for your blessings and greetings for both the family and the church. Is that okay if I take I took greetings? Amen. Would you please wave? We do it like that. It's very traditional there. Like when you take greetings, you just start waving as a response that there is agreement. Amen. Pastor, thank you so much for having us over. We have had already a very good revival. Our souls are revived. Our bodies may be weak, but our souls in Christ have been built up by the fellowship, by the generosity of the pastors, your family, your daughters, your sons-in-law. They have really helped us to settle and to be okay. And pastor, we cannot pay you for anything, but we are sure that our prayers for you will be answered in due season. Amen? And for you, church, thank you for coming for the revival, the first service, the second one. All the giftings and everything have been well received. Long before we see them, we believe they are received first in heaven. Amen. I want to thank God for Pastor Paul, who pastored me, and started that church in Nairobi. Uh, even in his absence, I recognize him and uh, I always talk about him and let the people know. There are things that I cannot change because he's my boss. I consult. I ask him every week, this is the direction we are going and what should we do? And Pastor, thank you for even allowing me to be part of what this church is doing in Arusha. You paid quite substantial to establish that church. And this time and moment, I go there every other month once, driving five hours, uh, maybe on Friday and come back on Sunday evening or uh, on Monday morning. And that church is doing well. Your investments are in safe hands in Tanzania. Amen. Amen. And that church, uh, the, the land again that past has shared, 
you really helped us. Could that be the reason God is blessing you and keeping you so young every other day? <laughs> I don't know. So, Susan is in the house, my wife. <laughs> and uh, I paid the dowry. I killed the lion. <laughs> That's a story for another day. I have a son, he's called Israel, he's six years old, and I'm looking for a wife for him. <laughs> so if you see somebody who pays their tithe in this church, and they're baptized in plenty of water, saved and ready to go to heaven, I'm ready to be a father-in-law, and you can be a mother-in-law or a father-in-law. <laughs> and we'll all remain our victory word outreach. I'm seeing that a wonderful pattern developing in our churches and we don't lose our daughters just to anybody, our sons just to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So I'm going to share for not too long on why we should evangelize. Why we should evangelize. You know the Bible says, has to say this. In Matthew chapter 28, this verse and scripture has been read to us many, many times. But it's not offensive to read scriptures again and again. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is called delegated authority. So God gave him the authority. And the Bible says, In heaven and on earth. Wonderful authority. And uh, verses uh, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Ho Holy Spirit. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Then you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and, and of the Holy Spirit. Verses 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for the authority of preaching the word of God. We pray for the power and the anointing to lay the hands on the sick and the recovery, my Father, should please you to be immediate. We pray we'll continue to make disciples of all nations and we'll plant the churches both in our state, in the cities, and in the villages close to us. And when you provide ways overseas, God, you know you are our witnesses. We'll fly over the oceans and plant churches. As we minister the word of God, I submit under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't claim to know anything unless you reveal this to me. And I'm not here to entertain your people, but to declare, Lord, Savior, Redeemer, you who causes resurrection of dead things, you are available today to do great and wonderful things. May your kingdom come and your will be done. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus said, all authority is given to me. And now to you disciples and to a greater uh, extension to us, the church, he's saying, I've given you authority 
even to tread on serpents and scorpions or over the powers of the enemy and nothing shall hurt us. And when that power was given to him, he said, you use that power to go all over the world and make disciples of all nations. And you teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And he said, I will be with you to the end of age. The same verse is found uh, with a little bit uh, different translation and the emphasis out of Mark 16. And uh, verses 15 and 16, he says, And he said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the gospel to the, to the whole creation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he does not believe is already condemned. In other words, they have invited their own condemnation or judgment. In uh, 16, Mark 16, verses 20, a great word there, he says, And when they obeyed the word of God and went out there and preached the gospel everywhere, the Lord joined them and walked with them, confirming the word with signs following. In other words, if we obey the Lord and leave the four corners of the church, or the comfort or the places of discipleship, he will accompany our preaching or the preaching of the gospel, the word of God, with signs. Church, there is nothing so wonderful than to preach and Jesus comes in your crusade and performs signs and wonders. Amen? He heals people. He does them good. He takes away the depressing spirits and the disturbing spirits and the weary souls, he refreshes them. That is the Jesus we are preaching today. When you came today, you came to meet, to meet that Jesus. We are only vehicles. We are only, uh, you know, vessels that have made themselves available to be useful in the hands of God. Now, the early church was a church that was a preaching machine. The early church took the word literally and ran away with it. And they observed what Jesus told them by day and by night. And when I mean by day and night, I mean during the exposure of light, daylight. And when it was dark and convenient and there was need, they took the gospel out there. They healed the sick because as we have read out of Mark 16 and verses 20, when they went forth upon obedience... Of the great commission or the great command. The Lord healed the sick. So they healed the sick. They cast out demons and shared the gospel from house to house. Village to village. City to city. And they went to the marketplaces. They went to jails and funerals and weddings everywhere. Where there were human beings and they presented the gospel there. They went out where sinners are. The unfortunate thing in our day, and I'm not condemning those who have greater congregation than ours, they are measuring on mega buildings and mega churches, is that they went where the sinners were. They went where the gospel was more needed. And where was that? Where people were mourning, they were crying. In places where people are making merry, like they are having a party for the family, family gatherings, they took the gospel there. 
Therefore, souls should be won. Evangelism should be done out there where the people live, where the people are hurting more, where the people are playing in the stadiums, in the, in the theaters, and where people do business. In the hospitals, in the dentists, in the dentist uh, places where we go, in the opticians where we go to visit our doctors for consultation, that's where the gospel should be taken. Evangelism is best at homes out there. I say this in Nairobi, and uh, I repeat it uh, many times. There are people who will not come to your church, to this congregation. But there is a place we will catch them finally and present the gospel. They will not refuse to attend funerals of their loved ones, their dear ones, those who are close and dear to them. There are places where people go for graduations. They refuse to come to church and to weddings. But when it comes to graduation of their daughters, their uh, family members, their friends, they will make themselves available. There are places people will not miss when, unfortunately, our dear ones go to heaven or they just die. In those times, people are weak. They are like open. They can listen. They can pay attention. Therefore, we should capture the moment. Like we say, we said in the morning, we should capture the moment in the lifetime of that moment and in this case, present Jesus to the people. And therefore, evangelism is best at certain places and there are many places. And therefore, if we wait for sinners to come to church, prayer is wonderful. Ray, I've known Ray since a long time, after high school, when I was 17, with Pastor Richard Marshall. And he used to bring me books on uh, E.M. Bounds on prayer, wonderful books. He just brought me another one. Is that much thick? Seven books in one. What an amazing gift to take home on the plane. I have something to read and not just, you know, sleep and wake up, sleep and eat and fatten. <laughs> now, that is over. I'll tell you something, church. If the church will pray and just pray and never get out of the prayer room, they will die without the Lord. We need to pray and after prayer, do the practicals. And the practicals are in reaching out. And did you know, by the way, church, we are the most privileged community that has ever lived. We are a generation with more advantages and merits that have never been heard. Think about the phone. Think about the tablets. Think about the Wi-Fi. Think about the print media. Think about the electronic media. Think about the satellite. Think about libraries and books and knowledge that is being generated. Why shouldn't we employ all those advantages to bring people to God? While we were driving in Cortez with Pastor Jonathan Bland, he shared something that was so mind-boggling just for me and my wife. He was inviting people for revivals. And he said, oh, excuse me, Pastor. And he pulled over and took his phone and did a text message 
to 20 members of the church in one single send out. Not forwarding to one person, then texting again and forwarding to one person. He did 20 in one bulk and then did another 20 and reached the church in less than three minutes. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are placed in a very strategic positioning before the coming of the Lord Jesus in terms of reaching our neighborhood. Some of you, you are already here. You are so smart and so creative. You can do your own flyer with your own hand. You can do your own flyer. Yesterday when we were taking dinner, the daughter of Laura and Austin, she just showed us how she can do art. Very wonderful card, mountains, everything. And we looked at that and said, oh my goodness. Did you do the computer? She said, I just wrote, did everything. And that is you who you, you are. We can do things on our own. And people will be left amazed. Computers. Books. Creativity. Vehicles. Aeroplanes. College knowledge. Finances. Good health. Some of us, nice faces. Beautiful. You just smile and the people want to look at you. You are handsome. We can use those things put together for the good of the church of Jesus Christ. So I want to share four reasons why we should all be evangelists. All of us should be soul winners. Every one of us. By the way, let me say something that may look extravagant and unrealistic. We can fill this place in 21 days if we want. If we are obedient, if we follow it through, it takes a guess. That is a wild guess. Some 28 days we can fill people who while we are preaching, they sit here. Where you are seated, they are filled. All the way to the sound booth, they are sit standing by the doors. Reason number one. Because of the Great Commission, we should all evangelize. Because of the command that Jesus left behind, every one of us should be a witness. Every one of us should be talking about Jesus. We should do poetry. We do, should do stories that match the scriptures. But the underlining command is Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth below. Go you to the whole world. He said, and they went forth because he said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the gospel to all or the entire creation. Nobody. No one, no second reason is better than the first one. It is a command. How can you negotiate with a command? How can we go around this scripture and this command? He said, you go 
When you obey, you get the benefits of obedience. When you argue, you miss everything. He said, go. Go into the whole world and preach the gospel and present me. Every believer is commissioned. Every believer is called, is anointed. We have a measure of anointing that we many times we don't know. These little boys you see here, they are anointed. They think until they get 20, 25, then they become better preachers. Many of us think when we go to the seminary and come back, then we'll be better preachers. Let me tell you just, you don't know. Pastor, you didn't know. When corona broke out, I went to university for three years, a seminary. And let me tell you the truth, Pastor. I'm now preaching to you. Forget about this, the crowd. I didn't know the difference between that, you know, that seminary and the cemetery for many reasons. It never gave me the anointing. I did so many homeworks and so many assignments. I got straight A's. But the seminary never gave me the calling, the commissioning, the anointing of God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Called and commissioned is the command. Called not to sit here, but to go into the marketplaces. Where people are playing basketball. Where people are dribble, dribbling the ball. The, the European soccer. No one is anointed like you are. There are people you can only reach. Your pastor will never reach. I can pray. I can intercede. There are people you can only reach as a doctor. Brother Chris Austin. You know I cannot fly planes. I'll crush each and every one of them. So I'm not anointed to minister in the cockpit. You can reach captains on your own. The air hostess, it's only you. Let the nurses reach out to the nurses because they are commissioned. Let business people reach out to the business people because that is the field that the Lord has anointed them to reach. Americans for Americans and Chinese for Chinese, Ukrainians for Ukrainians, and Africans should reach to the Africans. You, are being, you have been commissioned to reach a certain amount of people within a certain amount of duration. We cannot squander time and waste. Time is not on our side. Every Christian is called to minister in three areas. At every generation, the Lord has had a witness of people who worship him. And he has commanded us to witness and to disciple. And therefore, as we disciple people, why are we discipling them? To release them so that they can replicate what they learned. Praise be to Jesus. Every Christian believer is commissioned, is called to reach out to the world. No special call is needed. The Bible says here in Luke 14, 23, the Lord said to his servant, go out in the highways and hedges and constrain them to come in, that my house may be filled he said, we preach the gospel and we go out there and make them come in. The word constraint means and borders on the following definition. 
compel them, force them, do something a little bit forceful. Be nice as much as you can, but the authority should not be compromised, should not be watered down. So he said, go to the by highways uh, and uh, the hedges and make them come in by the way of preaching the gospel. Because if we don't go, they will perish. So God's spirit will lead us. God himself will lead us when we obey. Amen? So reason number one, because of the great commission. There is a saying back home, they, they, they say it goes like this. When a man is dying or going abroad for life, the last words he's saying are the most important. When somebody's dying and they call you, they are very old, they are very sick, and they say, go call so and so. The last words are even recorded. People have human witnesses around a person. And then when they go, they say, did you hear what he said? What he said is very important. Did you hear? He said, you should get a quarter of the land, but you get 10 acres. Did you hear that? He said, pastor should bury me. Did you hear that? Don't bring another person. He said, pastor should bury me. If they go against what he said, they call that rebellion and witchcraft. Because they are the last words at the tail end of an old person, the words they say when they are going to another nation, even without a lawyer, is so important. They say, did you hear what they said? Why are you going against what your father said or your mother before they died? You are inviting a curse upon yourself if you don't do it like that. Now, when Jesus was going to heaven... He called his disciples and he commanded them and said, All authority is given to me in heaven above and the earth below. You go all over and talk about me. And I will be with you performing signs and wonders. How can we go against the words of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ? He did not beg. He did not uh, like say, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, when you're feeling very good, that's when you go winning souls. When you're excited and nobody's against you and everything is working to your advantage, then go and win souls. He said, I command you to go. And it will be seen in you if you are a true disciple, if you consider the words of Jesus as they are. Praise be to Jesus. The reason number two is that why we should evangelize and win souls out of four reasons is because God will hold us accountable at one time. One day we are going to appear before the Lord, person. By person, even those who are born twins, and unfortunately they died twins, they will not appear before God at, as twins. 
I myself will appear. All the good things I knew about winning souls and I never put them to practice will be brought and be played against me. You don't want, I don't want this to be brought against me. God wants his servants that they must deliver the messages that have been given to the intended recipients. And this message of salvation is better. This message of evangelism and winning of souls is for those who have never known Jesus Christ. There are many people in America. America has manufactured songbooks in other people's languages. Bibles have been sent in you know, in containers to the nations of the world. But at home, there are people who have never heard Jesus for the first time. As we get into colleges and universities and spend tons of hours arguing about the exact time he will come, there are people who have never heard for the first time he was born he died on the cross and he conquered the grave and he came out. They have never heard about the first time. And therefore the Lord will require us to account for that. Did we share with the people closer to us? Students for students. Sportsmen and women for sportsmen and women. Doctors should reach out to doctors. They have better language and the level of engagement is conducive. Nurses for nurses. Business communities for business communities. We have to account that the Bible says out of Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die and thou giveth him not the warning, nor speaketh, uh, speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require in your hand. God has made us his spokesperson and a watchman and we need to sound the warning that the day of the Lord is coming. The day of judgment is coming. We should not think like this. That every time we preach people will reject Jesus. It is a terrible attitude and mentality that every time we preach, people will reject you. People will reject Jesus Christ. There are people who are already broken. They are ready. They have never heard him. Told in a story or scripture or whatever. We are watchmen. We are the people sent to warn the world, the wicked people. Unless they repent, a day of judgment is coming. So if we do not win souls for Christ deliberately, we know for sure it will not be a good thing. And we do not want the blood of sinners on our hands. You do not want the blood of your cousins on your hands. And this should be an encouraging thing to all of us. 
We should be involved in evangelism and winning souls as though the work of winning people depended on us. If they get saved, praise be to Jesus. If they don't, don't condemn yourself. When I began winning souls and I was 17, I was so on fire for Jesus. And I thought everybody I witnessed to would be saved there and then. I even tried to pray for the dead and none of them came out of the dead. And so I would go home sad and I would even refuse to eat and I felt like the Lord has failed me or there is a kind of sin I need to repent for those people to be saved and the dead to come to life. We are called to present the gospel in its simplicity and Jesus is the Savior. I am not a savior. We are not the saviors. But we are ambassadors of God. We are God's uh, spokespersons. So we cannot win everyone. If we cannot win everyone, let us get involved in the entire, in winning souls. So the entire plan of God of salvation depended on us. We have soccer players in our countries and the, many times there's only one star. One shining person in the, in, the, in the national team. And that person is called a dependable player. When he touches the ball, when we are playing soccer, and he just touches the ball, the whole stadium goes wild. They cheer. They, it's like adrenaline goes through their system so fast and they see victory before. They cheer on the stadium and the, on the terraces. But in some rare occasion, the dependable players fail. They become selfish or they squander opportunities to score a goal. And you can see the anger and the body language on the terraces. People want to jump into the arena and grab that person and throw them against the wall. Now listen to this. Could that be the case in heaven when we consider the crowd of witnesses that are cheering us up? We have opportunity. We have an advantage. We are commissioners. We are preachers without necessarily being called preachers. And we are dependable players who should win people for God. We should be getting more goals and many people coming in. And then we just touch the ball and pass it to the rival. They score against us. Is that really a good thing? Is that what we should be doing? No. God specifically warns us that we are dependable players. We are critical people in advancing the kingdom of God. And our role is to tell the wicked. The day of judgment is coming. The good news is that Jesus is Lord. You can, yes, you can be saved. That's the second reason the third one out of four is that the harvest is great and the laborers are few. This harvest, the grain is the people. People we knew. This is the true 
this is very true. When we get to heaven, we'll get to meet people that we knew. And uh, unfortunately right now, there are people in hell and many people that we also knew. Which one would you rather be on which side? On the side that you are happy that we know people that we won, that were won because we contributed or we want to go to heaven and hear the cries on the other end of people we knew. The harvest is great and therefore there is need to involve many people. When we are many, we can reach a greater amount of people. We can harvest more. I remember during those days we could harvest, go doing harvesting. And some families, our cousins could have, from a further district, they could have bigger land and more produce. They could come and request our dad and mom that the entire family would go out and help them. Because the, ra the shorter rain season was coming and the grain, the corn would be destroyed in the farms. So they requested for assistance. They requested for laborers. The Bible says, Matthew 9, 37, The harvest indeed is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into his harvest. So Jesus is saying, the harvest is ready. The human beings, the sinners, are many. Should we pray for the harvest to be there when it is there, or we go and harvest it? We should go for the harvest. Hallelujah. We should go for the harvest. And because the harvest is great, we should know that those who are going to reap are few. We should cry out to God of the harvest to convict more people in the church to come and be involved. The greatest sin of our day, we may think it's homosexuality, lesbianism, all these kind of matters. One of the sin of the church is lack of involvement in the things of God. Lack of involvement in reaching out. You know that complacent spirit, I don't care attitude, that they will just get saved. They will just stumble and coincidentally find the church. It's a terrible spirit that we need to bind in the name of the Lord. They will not just come and get saved on their own. Jesus did something about the reaping of the harvest. He called the twelve. He made them the disciples. He qualified them to be apostles. He gave them power to cast out devils and heal the sick. And then because of the great harvest, he called 70 others. We must be both deliberate and intentional about discipleship and winning of souls. We must set times and days where we speak some things that are relevant to repenting uh, and bringing in the harvest in our community. We must do discipleship. We must just talk to some people in smaller groups. Call them maybe in the office and motivate them and release them. This church is doing that. How did I know that? Pastor Paul talked to me about it. 
We were never privileged last year to come to the conference because of the bureaucracies and procedures of getting visas from the American embassy in Kenya. It was so hard. And so I asked Pastor, what happened? He told me everything. Pastor uh, Andrew Blake is doing something wonderful that you need to do. He meets his disciples in the morning. And he said, I am doing it in the morning. That is the point I'm trying to elaborate. Deliberate, intentional about discipleship, about church planting, about the harvest. Unless we become practical and very serious. Or after all has been said and done, they'll end up in hell. And the last point, because Jesus was a soul winner. What is an encouragement? You know, Pastor, I've said already, I went to university during that time of COVID. And my reason to go to university is because they were making a legislation in Kenya that unless you have a degree in theology, you cannot pastor. And somebody whispered that to me, that legislation was coming. The government was making a terrible law. Unless you have a degree or a diploma in theology, you could not pastor. So immediately I had that before it was made. I went to the university, registered, and started pursuing a course in theology. Well, long story short, they did not succeed in making that legislation, but it is still coming. There will be a regime a government that is anti-God and anti-Christ. And it's coming all over the world. So when I went to school, my lecturers are perfect people. They are very good. They can teach. They're Americans. They're Koreans. They're from Britain. They're just smart people here. They're very clever. But I want to say this about all those things in college. They teach and teach even about soul winning but they don't get out of class to win souls. Did you see the difference? If all we'll do is to remain in class and define things and elaborate things and never do anything about that, it's very sad. So Jesus was not a lecturer. He led by example. He was a soul winner. And the Bible says, out of 1 Timothy 1.15, faithful is the saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So Jesus was not just a great prophet, not just a great teacher. He was the Lord who was involved in the work of saving sinners. He preached to the woman at the well. He called people to himself. He was tired reaching out to people who are few and to the crowds he also ministered to them. The word Christian means Christ-like, a winner of souls like Christ, a prayerful person like Christ. He empathized and sympathized with the situation of the people. He came to save people, to seek the laws. Therefore, if we have to be like Christ, we have to be soul winners. He has committed to us both the word and the ministry of reconciling people to God. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. 
We are ambassadors of Jesus. I know this little about ambassadors that represent your president, our president overseas. They're well paid. Their children go to the choices of schools. They're immune from prosecution in those foreign countries. Ambassadors are exempted from taxation. They're respectable people because during national celebration in their, foreign, in, the, in their foreign missions, they sit on the platform with the ministers and the president or the kings of that country. We are ambassadors of Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We defend the cause of the kingdom of God. And the privileges and the privileges of ambassadors of God exceeds the ambassadors that President Biden has sent all over the world. You are an ambassador. Walk like an ambassador. Dress like an ambassador. Have sufficient decorum of an ambassador. Have good cologne like an ambassador. The payday is coming for every ambassador. It's coming. There is payday. I say this in Nairobi and I say it. And uh, if our altar workers and musicians can come, it will be okay. You don't work for God for free. You don't win souls, cast out devils, do weddings and funerals for free. I said it in Nairobi. If everything the Lord will do and pay us will be only eternal life. Eternal life is coming. And there is nothing here. It could be very discouraging to be an ambassador and a preacher and a servant of God. God will bless us with good health, with breakthroughs in life. Of course, it will come with the tribulation and challenges. But if everything the Lord has said is in heaven, life can be very irrelevant as a Christian. It can be very hard. So, God is good. And there are four reasons we have shared this day that we should be evangelists. We are commanded. We are commissioned. The harvest is great. Jesus was a soul winner. One day we'll account before God with all the things he has put at our disposal. With the longevity of life, with technology. One day we'll account. I want to hear from the Lord when that time of accounting comes that you faithful servant, you did wonderful, you come in. I don't want to hear things, a thing, for example, the Lord telling me, you had an advantage of having missionaries from U.S. You could speak English, so you could cut across the nations that speak. You had ability to learn languages and share the gospel of Jesus, but you never utilized that. Church, let's preach like tomorrow will never come. Let's preach like you are the only dependable player 
representing America. And the whole nation is on their TVs holding their breath, looking at one player. And that is the lady sitting in the congregation. The entire nation and state is looking unto you as the most dependable player. Don't miss that penalty shootout. They will blame on you. They will cry. They may not beat you. They may not take you to court. But they will say, he wasted that opportunity. And America could have brought home the trophy. There is a trophy in heaven. On earth below, the Lord will bless us. I say this without any fear of contradiction. God has the best for soul winners. God has the best for evangelists. Let's go into that hospital during the visits and give a flyer. When you are in the Uber, sh share the gospel if you have an opportunity to ride. When you are playing the basketball, say hallelujah. You share the gospel. Every opportunity when we are being served meals on the table, say victory, word outreach. Jesus saves Jesus will amplify every word. In the fullness of time, you may witness on the other end of the state, but God knows how to bring people to the kingdom and to the local church. It won't be long before we know what we are preaching today is true. Jesus is coming in the cloud. If he doesn't come so soon, each one of us is in a line. We are going home. And what a joy when we get to heaven and we look behind and we see a long queue of people who came to Jesus because we influenced them positively. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, what a wonderful day and revival we have had. We come before you humbling, God. Lord, use us as vessels to speak about you. Telling the stories about Christmas and the wonderful gift God sent. And just tying it with a lot of simplicity. Testimonies about what you have done in our lives. And Lord, if you can use anything, you can use us to bring people to you. This we pray, God, believing in the name of your son, Jesus. In that mood of prayer, how many all over this place? Today, I'm starting from the reverse a little bit. Want to say, I want to be a soul winner. I want to talk to young people of my age. I want to talk to people, the business community. At the college, at the stadium, at the court where we play. At a place of business. I want to win people for God. And I want God to use me. How many will raise their hands and say. I want to be useful in the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. We are all disciples. And we have a measure. In us. Of anointing that we can make people. Disciples of Jesus. How many all over this place and those who have attended this telecast online will say, now I want to give Jesus my life. 
I want to be born again. I want my name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to give Jesus that position of being the king of my soul, my heart. Maybe you, you are saved, you are Christian, and something happened. You are entangled in sin. You once knew the joy and the peace of being a Christian and a born again. You also have an opportunity to come to Jesus. How many all over this place from this platform all the way to the back, sound booth, side and side of this building will say, I'll come to Jesus. I'll get saved. Maybe I'm hooked into an addiction. Maybe a drug. You're struggling, you're fighting, you're doing your best, but you keep going back. Jesus is our very present help in times, in times of trouble. He will never give up on you. He will never forsake anyone. How many will raise their hands and say, that must be me. I need that prayer. I really need that prayer. Thank you for that hand. How many more? They need the help of God. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands at the back. God is helping people. Is our help. Now, we are going to call uh, those who need prayer. It may be the things we have mentioned and God ministered to you. And some he never ministered to you, but you just need the help of God. We are all candidates of God's assistance. As we stand up on our feet to pray and to sing. These altars are open for those prayers. And that includes those who want to be involved in evangelism and soul winning, which is the heartbeat of God. Like they are the most dependable players. They will take every opportunity to bring people to God and make people pray the sinner's prayer wherever they go, inviting them to church. May we make that commitment in the altars. Let's make that commitment in the altars. Let's step out of our seats for those who want to make that prayer and say, I want to be useful in the kingdom of God. I want God to sharpen my skills in reaching out to the people out there. And those who are coming, if you would come closer to the altar so that we open up for those who are still coming because our sisters are coming, our brothers are coming, our relatives are coming, the visitors are coming to the altar. I want to ask to do this in an orderly way as I finish, that we pray the sinner's prayer together, all of us who have come, and then we are entering the other prayers like just pray for healing and just pray that God uses us. So let's pray together. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. I confess with my mouth what I believe in my heart. You are the son of God and you are the savior, the savior of my soul. Forgive me of any, of every, and all sins I've ever committed. Write my name in the book of life. If I fall down, God pick me. If I backslide, God save me. 
have mercy on me. I pray this truly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.